You're listening to 101.9 FM, KPCRLP, Santa Cruz. Tony Duchesne here. Welcome to Drinks with Tony. This week, my guest is Joanna Liocci. Check out her new book, At Vesuvio. And this is one of those lovely times when all worlds collide. See, Joanna is a bartender at Vesuvio in San Francisco. Vesuvio is right across the alley from City Lights Bookstore. When I started reading books for pleasure in the when I was in my 20s, I would go to City Lights Bookstore, and that's where I learned about Jack Kerouac, William Burroughs, Bukowski. Essentially, I was their core demographic, and those authors and City Lights Bookstore kind of changed everything for me in my life. Then, the release party for Confessions of a Teenage Jesus Jerk, the novel, was at City Lights, which just blew my mind. I remember we sold out all their stock, and I had a box of books in my parents' car that I just sold out of the trunk. Before we went to our after party, which was at Vesuvio. Are you getting the connections here? But wait, there's more. Fast forward when the film version of Confessions of a Teenage Jesus Jerk is in production and they use City Lights as a location, as it was written in the book and as it was in the screenplay. And With that, there was a lot of shots of Vesuvio right in the background with our actors uh, Lauren Lacus and Sasha Feldman running up and down that beautiful alley. Oh, there's even more. Joanna was working the day that we were shooting in San Francisco, and I took a photo of her with our director, Eric Stoltz, who really had the magic touch to make the film look, look sexy as possible. And this brings us back to our present moment, Right here, right now. Because Joanna's new book is called At Vesuvio. And the world just gets slow. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, I am reading this because I, I can't think this fast. The world just, the world just gets slow. <laughs> what I thought was a good intro just kind of fizzled. All right, then. Hi, this is Joanna Leochi, and you're listening to Drinks with Tony. Get on the Drinks with Tony show. Yeah. You're listening to Drinks with Tony. I'm your host, Tony Duchesne. Today on the show, we have Joanna Leochi. She's the author of At Vesuvio. Joanna, how are you? I'm good. How are you, Tony? I'm good. I am so happy to see you and I talk know. to you um, because as far as I'm concerned, you're, you know, me and me and Los, I'm a San Franciscan in Los Angeles. So when yes, I see exactly. you, yeah. I'm like, ah, oh, it's like I'm giving San Francisco a hug. You feel a little better. Good, good, good. Bring a little down there, you know. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and you also work at, at work. And this book is based on the, one of my favorite bars in San Francisco. That's one of the most iconic. Yeah. Studio. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good one. It's a good bar. Full of characters, as you can see from the book. <laughs> right. So, so explain the book for a second. So, so everyone's on speed. Um, so basically, it I started just sort of as a joke, um, writing down. It always starts as a it joke. always starts with a joke. Let's be and the next thing you know, you're a big time famous know, author. The next thing you know, you write a book. Uh, <laughs> but, but yeah, I basically would have all of these like interactions at work that were so ridiculous and I started like writing them down and like putting them on Facebook basically in sort of theater note style um so it's like me person me person um and I started doing it a while ago just because it was so funny and like ridiculous um and then people basically said like you should compile these and write a book and I thought well okay like why not I have enough of them I've been bartending for a very long time so I just kind of went through and compiled um I think there's maybe a, a a hundred, maybe a few more than that, but just compiled all of these really ridiculous interactions that all actually took place. And then I put them all in a book. So it's, I like to call it a toilet book because it's a very, um, it's a good toilet read. So and I actually, <laughs> when I was publishing it, um, took home the proof copy and made sure that it fit securely on the back of a toilet. Cause I was like, it needs to, you know, <laughs> So I take myself very seriously. Obviously, <laughs> but I was like, "This is the perfect. It's the perfect bathroom book." I so. I, lo- I love the attention to detail there. Yeah, That's, you have to. I mean, if it didn't yeah. sit on the back of the toilet, like, what am I even doing? Why even write it? Right, right. You know, yeah, just 
tosses. Well, you're what you're dealing with there is classy people because mine just end up on the floor. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're going. You were going. Now, now for the people who are classy, let's make sure this book works for them in the bathroom. Let's make sure that it fits snugly on the back of the toilet, just you know, <laughs> right there. So. Yeah. What's it feel like to be on the back? Now you are on the back of people's toilets. You don't even know. What does that feel feel really, really good about? There's nowhere else I'd rather be, honestly. (laughs) (laughs) I I feel fine about it. Um, The funniest thing, actually, which I didn't even like think, you know, I obviously you write something and you put it out and you kind of like let it go, see what happens. Um, But a lot of people, which is so great, like I love that people are doing this, have started um and like independently have told me this that they basically get the book and then they just open to a page and they like pass it around at like dinner parties and stuff and so everyone reads one um and then one of my coworkers, like his he got a copy and him and his wife just like pass it back and forth and read it to each other so it's definitely also not only bringing people to the toilet but also bringing people together which is great <laughs> you're you're saving marriages with i know time. during covidian times when things are very very stressed you know so it's good it's like bringing a little joy yeah. yeah, honey, I want to kill you. Let's get Joanna's book out. Yeah, yeah. You I'm be ready. me. Mm-hmm. You be. I'll be them. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I've I've been looking at you for what is it like nineteen months now, and I just need to do something else. So yes, let's read the book together. So yeah. well, I mean, and it's and that's a you know Vesuvio is just I mean when, when I come to San Francisco, Vesuvio is a stop no matter what. Yeah, yeah you yeah. know it, it's just there there's there's like there's people I need to see and hug. I got to yeah. see my family. I got to mm-hmm. go to Tommy's joint. I got to go to Vesuvio's. I got to yeah. go to City Lights. Mm-hmm. You know, it's right there too, which is great. Like, yeah, very lucky, very lucky neighbors in that way. So, yeah, you know, and, and man, you know, there's just, there have been times, there's something about sitting upstairs, especially when it's kind of empty. Yeah. And just looking at the street and reading yeah. a book or just gathering your thoughts. Yeah. No, it's great. I mean, it's funny because I've worked there for 19, almost 19 years, um, which is crazy. But yeah. I still like every once in a while, like we'll have the day, like if it's rainy, I mean, it's really rainy and like nice in San Francisco right now. And it's like on a rainy day, it's so nice to just sit upstairs and like bring a book and, you know, have a drink or whatever. And like even just the people watching is great. Like there's always something going on. And if there isn't something going on outside, there's definitely something going on inside, which you can also see from the book. Like there's just always <laughs> some kind of crazy there's always some level of craziness there, um, depending on if it's customers or staff or both. So yeah, yeah. yeah. So 19 years. Fun. Yeah. Did, so time. so before you started Vesuvio's, mm-hmm. did you have other bartending experience and then came in or did I you like did. Okay. um I did, yeah. I started bartending when I was 18. I moved to um Ireland and I got a bartending job there. So I started working because that's probably the only country at 18 yeah. you had a bartending. Yeah. And I completely <laughs> lied. Like I absolutely lied and was like, Yeah, I know how to bartend. Didn't know yeah, how to bartend, yeah, yeah. but I was like, I can figure it out. Like I grew up in bars, you know, and like, I, I've spent a lot of time in bars, like just kind of my whole life. And I've always liked bar culture. And I was like, this will be fine. I'll do it. And of course, and at the time, like it wasn't that invalid because you, it was Dublin and it was like, everyone just got shots and beers. But then as soon as people were like, oh, she's American, they started ordering cocktails for me. And I was like, Fuck. so I had to, and I of course didn't have like a cell phone. Like I didn't have any, so I just kind of had to like figure it out. But luckily I grew wow. up like with, um, like when me and my sister were kids, my dad used to like, we would make drinks for my dad and stuff. So I just like went back in the memory bank and was like, I can, I know how to make a margarita. I'll figure it out. So, so just faked it till, till, till it went yeah. on. No, I remember one time, well, you just reminded me of this one. Cause I, you know, I used to tape drinks with Tony in bars. That's the whole yeah. reason why it's called drinks with Tony. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, and I took this author to the 3300 club and this was probably about 15 years ago to tape. I, know, I love that bar. Oh, that was, that was my, that oh. was my local. I know. It's such a heartbreak. Every time I drive by there, I'm like, Oh, I know. I know. And it was, it was, so it was, it was, it was, and I remember going in the, now I'm going to smash cut to another story. Cause you said that, oh, uh, but yeah. I remember going in the, fr- I remember being scared going in the first time oh, because, yeah. because yeah. they look at you and they're like, no. Yeah, they just, when, you, when you walk in, it's like, no, see, to me, that's like the mark of a good bar. Cause most bars that I've gone to, I'm like, if I wasn't a little freaked out when I first went in, like, what am I even doing? Here? Like, it should be yeah. a challenge. like, can I, can I make these, can I get this to work for me? Right. And like if you can, it's a very satisfying 
experience. Right. So I, I was doing stand up comedy at the time, and me and yeah. my comedian friend were like, let's just go day drink. We don't, we, we, didn't, we didn't know how to day drink. So we're like, let's just go day drink and it's shots and beers. So yeah. we walk in there with our big old smiley faces and, yeah. we, and we got the, everyone looking at us like you should yeah. die. Yeah. Like, and then, um, yeah. and then we're just like shot beer shot. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden about three hours in other patrons were, but they, they, there were shots being brought to us. Oh, this person paid for your drink. Oh, this yeah. person paid for your That's drink. That's how you know. That's how you know you've done it. <laughs> yeah. And do you yeah. remember Zoe? Oh yeah. 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 yeah she yeah. was our, she was like, our, she came in for her shift and she's nice. like, okay, I got these two tossed new guys here. Yeah, and we're just yeah, like, like, what are they doing here? Yeah. Yeah. And then Zoe was like my favorite bartender at the 3300. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I remember I went to the 3300 one night and I ran into my uh, my college professor at the time, this woman, Virginia Benitez, was my college professor. And I had was in her class and I walked in and she was in there and she was with like a big group of people and I tried to buy her a drink and she was like, I actually can't have a drink. I'm pregnant, but like, don't tell like, and I like, no one knew she was pregnant yet. Oh, so wow. I was like her student and like knew that she had like just found out she was pregnant and had to be like very like, careful about it to not say anything during class because it was, right. she was like not obviously pregnant but yeah so, that's funny and then she stubbed out her cigarette and walked back in yeah and she was like <laughs> i'm done with you college student <laughs> yeah yeah i can't drink oh wait wait, wait. who has coke <laughs> hold on hold on wait this doesn't matter it's this <laughs> that is that's funny <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Pregnancy. <laughs> in your face is fine in your mouth no <laughs> yeah. and you're from rhode island right yeah we're talking yeah, yeah. about this newport yeah newport rhode island yeah i've mm-hmm. been there i love yeah. i love newport it's i beautiful. just went back um i went my boyfriend's from massachusetts and we met in san francisco which is funny but we're like oh, from how, super how far from uh uh from newport is he is, is he from he's it's like an hour maybe he's from western massachusetts so not not very far so it was great like it's the total two birds with one stone like go oh my god to rhode island drive to see his mom drive to see my family go to upstate wow. new york like it's it's ideal um but we he hadn't really spent a lot of time in newport so we went there for a few days and i was just like god i really like it's such a weird town and it i think growing up there um or like being a little kid there it was great because you know it's tiny and you can walk everywhere and everyone kind of knows everyone and um and then when you're an adult and you go back it's it's definitely you know, like I didn't realize when I, when I lived there that like the majority of people who live there are like, have a lot of money. Cause at yeah. the time when I lived there, people didn't, you know, like I'm like, whatever I tell people I'm from Newport, I'm like, I'm from like 1980s Newport, like, uh-huh. I'm not from, like the breakers. Like I grew up on a cemetery. I'm not, you know, right. um, but I still love it. It's so fun. And just Rhode Island as a whole is such a, a weird state like i just have such a good time every time i go there so it's, the accent I, uh, is like my favorite too and, and my accent totally comes back which is like really horrifying but definitely happens so, i like so. the accent and and mm-hmm. wh- and when i was i was uh going I, I was driving um well someone was driving me because yeah. i'm scared to drive on the east coast i'm not ready yet but um <laughs> but but uh, we were driving through kind of west providence going mm-hmm. toward the uh the college Oh, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. on the west and and i was looking around and i was just like oh my god this reminds me of south san francisco in the 1980s growing up yeah i, I felt mean, like i just went back to the 1980s yeah south san francisco and i was getting stares from people and i'm like and those are the stares from the jocks that were about to kick my ass well, exactly <laughs> like the number of polos i'm like oh this is still like people oh yeah, oh, yeah. like you're still you're just rocking that salmon polo and like, not ironically, but yeah. Hey, you look like everyone else. So good for you. You know, nice, it's, but- nice backwards baseball cap, sir. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, we, it's like in San Francisco, we get the backward baseball caps too. It's just, yeah. It's, yeah, yeah. it's not like, I mean, you know, I think of, you know, I just, I adore Rhode Island and all that mm-hmm. area. And, um, but, but it's just like, Everywhere you go, there's the there's the guy with the flip flops and the backward baseball cap oh, yeah. who's in a restaurant. And you're going, oh, yeah. I love seeing your toes and you're so cute. What a job. Oh, it's really I was <laughs> even just now like running back and forth trying to figure out my Internet situation. I just saw a guy walking with flip flops and socks on and it's raining. And I was just like, why would you? It's like wearing yeah. sponges on your feet, but like filthy 
tenderloin sponges. I'm like, why well, are you doing Oh that? my God, he's what? Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Yeah, like, oh no, 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 no. Like get, find shelter immediately. You should Yeah, <laughs> I, I hope that person gets COVID. I, they probably will. I mean, everyone- The wrong COVID. Right now. The, the, the bad one. <laughs> the really bad one, the long one. No, is, it, is it bad to see, cause you know, it's such a sad thing that we're in a pandemic, but is it bad to wish people get COVID? How, I, how wrong was that? The, the, I don't know. I feel like at this point, everyone, like I, I was saying, earlier like I just had COVID and I have to say it really was I don't know what I expected my reaction to be when I like did the night the swab and like got the positive test and all that but I really just like I wasn't upset at all I was just like yep okay this is like it's my time like I made it I almost made it two years I didn't get I got it I'm vaccinated like I'm fine you know it's not I I didn't get horribly sick it wasn't awful but it was definitely just sort of like yep it's now it's my turn like now I have it and now I won't have it again for maybe 90 days and then maybe I'll get it every year I don't know but (laughs) yeah you know 12 hour 12 hour sleeping nights were not the worst thing in the world I didn't hate that part so yeah it's (laughs) like when I got that when I got my first vax it kind of kicked me down where I yeah was achy and I slept but yeah. it felt like days off because when I was awake, I would just sit. I, I wasn't, uh, you know, I wasn't in a place to work. So yeah. I'm just going to sit there and watch Netflix and chill. Oh, absolutely. And, and it felt like a vacation. And then yeah. I was reassessing my life and going, wait a second, being sick shouldn't feel like a vacation. I know, right? <laughs> well, I had a thing my first few days where I was like, so I slept for the first couple of days and then I was like, of course, thinking like, oh God, I'm not going to like be hungry at all. It's over the holidays. Like, I'm just, I'm going to feel like horrible, blah, blah, blah. And not the case, but then I made the um, rule for myself that because it was the week of Christmas, that since I was home, I couldn't leave the house. I couldn't exercise. And like, there were ample like cookies and stuff everywhere that it, um, I decided actively that it takes a lot, it burns a lot of calories, not dying of COVID. So I just ate whatever I wanted. And then it was fine. I was like, my body's working hard to not die. So I need to eat this like Reese's peanut butter cup with a potato chip in it. I have to. So so Reese's Reese's and potato chips were. That's the thing. That's it. They make that now. It's a Reese's peanut butter cup with potato chips. Are you kidding me? I know. It's delicious. I thought I, I thought you were that. joking. That's no, a I thing. know. I saw them. I was in Pacifica at Walgreens, and I was yeah. looking for a COVID test because that's all everyone does now is go to any type of CVS or Walgreens or whatever, see if you can find like the golden COVID test because you can't find them anywhere. Looking for a COVID test, was walking out and was like, "Oh, my, what is this gigantic Reese's?" And then I looked, and it had potato chips in it. So I bought it and tried it, and was very very pleased. I've only seen them the one time, thank God. In Pacifica, because I don't think though, I don't think that can cross the the boundary into probably uh, not. It can't cross city limits. I think that people in San Francisco might have an issue with it because it's like such trash. But I love (laughs) it, so I ate it. I'm a I'm a peanut butter cup fiend, but I think those things feel they taste already salty if there's a chip in there. Yeah, I would I would go nuts. Well, I was also like, is the chip going to maintain its crunch? I don't think so. But then you bite into it and it actually is still crunchy. Like it was <laughs> crazy. I was very, I was really <laughs> and horrible because I liked it so much. So I was like, this cannot, like, this can't be a normal thing that I just. So eat. let me just tell you, you know, like 80 years from now, when they're doing yeah. an autopsy on your body, they're going <laughs> to find that chip. Yeah. Yeah. It's just going to be like, I don't know why it stays so fresh. I don't know how it's so, so crunchy with all of those other delicious things around it. It's so soggy in there, but somehow it maintains. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you'll, and you'll be in Rhode Island and they'll be like, Oh, we, I think we have someone that went to Pacifica in 2022. Yeah. yeah. yeah they'll find it next to the, like, it'll be like the chip, the Coney Island system, hot dog, the Wimpy Spinky, the Dell's lemonade will just be like all here. Like it'll be all the foods that the culinary delights of my life. <laughs> oh, it's yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, how, how dark, man. We went dark. We just I know, straight well, to death. I always do. It's, it, I was saying, I was talking about that earlier with someone. I was like, you know, I feel like this year, everyone's really like, I've got a really positive attitude about everything. Like new. Yeah. Year. And I was like, I am like the opposite this year. I don't know why it's so weird. Like I, I just have this, like, it's, it's amusing though. Like I'll yeah. be walking down the street. I was walking down the street the other day. 
and I saw this like cute family and like the guy had like the baby and the thing and whatever. And I, and the guy kind of was like jogging down the street a little bit. And for some reason I just had this vision of like the baby's head, just like falling off. And I was yeah. like, that doesn't just happen. Like wheels don't just fall off of cars. Baby's heads don't just fall off. But like, it was all I could think of for like, a solid 15 minutes of like what if that baby's well like? because it sounds like that person is you know it's one of those people that sounds perfect but you know there's skeletons in the closet that oh, are absolutely. really dark i just also don't think that you should be able to run with like a baby like what if you fall you know i don't know i think it was a healthy a healthy fear that i i would fall i would, I would fall, fall right a baby that's why i would have the baby to break my fall right <laughs> that's true that's what you got it's a buffer yeah. <laughs> Just like, and it was a big baby, so it would have been a good like. Yeah, my ribs feel fine. I feel um, fine. What? Yeah. My chip is still still crispy because that yeah. baby broke my fall. Exactly. It's yeah. just like it's like um, and you know you don't have to like save up for college anymore for the kid. It's just yeah. like there's there's a lot of things. There's a lot of factors. Yeah. Yeah. Oh well. There's away. How did you meet your boyfriend that that is one hour away from where you I grew know, up so in a completely um, different part of the country? Yeah, we had actually known each other um, kind of for a few years. We both worked at Bottom of the Hill, but at different times. And oh, what did you, were you did you um, bartend at Bottom of the Hill? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I still every once in a while, I'm like the pinch hitter. Like they'll call me if something goes horribly awry and I go in and, and bartend for them. I love those. Women. There's like, a possibility always... before we met that. I mean, cause I used to go to bottom of the hill all the yeah. time. There's a possibility before we met that I was one of those sweaty guys coming oh, out of the pit going oh, yeah. beer, yeah. drinking and yeah. jumping back in. Well, that's the best part about that job. It's like the opposite of the studio because no one talks to you. So it, it's great because no one's oh. there to like talk to the bartender. They're there to see a show. Right. So I used to, when I worked there, I was, did this thing for a while because I, I was apparently had some sort of mental lapse where I was doing like eight bar shifts a week. It was just crazy. Um, and I would work the right spot in the mission and then go. Oh, I love that place. Yeah. Yeah. yeah also a great bar. I've been very fortunate in the bars that I've worked at in San Francisco. I've, I've had really, really good luck. No, um, so you never worked at somewhere great like TGI, TGI Fridays or Hooters. It's always I been worked at the great. Stinking Roads when I was. A oh, did you? Yeah, so horrible. No. <laughs> so, I, yeah. Oh my yeah. God. Yeah. When yeah, I was that's... like 21, I, I bartended there for, and then I hated it. I really didn't. I was not a fan. Um, I will say though, it made me a really fast bartender because the bar in that place is tiny. It's like a little boat basically. And the restaurant is huge. Yeah. And the bartenders have to do everything aside from water. Like you have to get sodas, you have to refill sodas. You have to get like cappuccinos. You're making all the drinks for everyone. And it was at, you know, I mean, that restaurant, and A, not my favorite place, but it was always really busy. So not only are you making all of the drinks for like the thousand people that are in the restaurant, but then you're also making drinks for people waiting for tables. So you're just like, and they had that ticket machine, like that was, a, you know, like when you work in a restaurant, they had the yep. ticket thing. And it was like, it was nuts. Like, I still think about it. And I'm like, I don't even know how anyone did that like you would just it would just be like ticket 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 and then you just get this like you know like baton of tickets coming out and you just have to make like a million things but that was my one that's my one like kind of embarrassing I had to wear a tie with like garlic cloves on it oh it was yeah yeah and I remember my friends would come in to visit me and I'd always get really embarrassed and they would always be like you look cute in a tie and I was just horrified and I, I was like I'm never having a job where I have to wear a tie again but now in my my dotage. I'm like, I would wear a tie again. Like, it's kind of cute. It's kind of fun. Yeah. Yeah. He's, I grew up Jehovah's Witness. So I had to wear ties all the time. Yeah, and then, I, and then I was averse to them. And then all of a sudden I'm like, yeah, nah, I don't mind wearing a tie. Because sometimes a tie is cute. You know, I like Plus, the tie yeah. Why not? Yeah. yeah. What, when you were at bottom of the hill, was there, is there a band where you kind of were like little starstruck by or like, Oh my God, they're playing tonight. And I get to say hi to them. There, um, Holly Go Lightly played there once. And I've been a big fan of her since I was like a teenager. Like it was a big, um, big like head coaches band and everything. And I ended up hanging out with her. Um, and I had actually met her at a show in New Jersey a few years before that, because me and a bunch of women took the train. I was in Brooklyn at the time. We all took the train out to New Jersey um, to see her. And she was like really into it because there was, you know, like six 
young ladies there and the rest were just like old drunk guys it was like this really shitty bar in Hoboken oh what um, a, what a so fun way to see Holly go like yeah and she like you know was playing like without her shoes on and everything Aww. like the whole thing but I ended up hanging out with her um at bottom of the hill and it was it was fun like we had a good time she was really nice and really funny but that was kind of one where I was like oh I'm a little nervous like I actually yeah. you know I'm a big a big fan of hers but and also, honestly, with Bottom of the Hill, I feel like I've never, I mean, everyone, obviously, there's a couple experiences, but generally speaking, that place is, like, so magical to me. Like, the women who mm-hmm. own it are so amazing. And like I said, like, I, you know, if they ask me to bartend, I'm like, I'll be there. But I've always said to everyone, like, if they ask me to clean the toilet, I would, like, go clean the toilet. Like, I just love them so much. They're so respectful, and they're really nice to musicians, and it just seems like one of those places where every time you go, you have a good time. Everyone's having a good time. Like, you yeah. know, it's not stuffy like at all. The so. name Ramona rings a bell. She yeah, yeah. Ramona, yeah. Uh, Ramona, K.O. and Lynn are, are the three owners. And I just love, you know, a, a club owned by three ladies, like who are really awesome, really yeah. generous people, like really. They were always great. nice. Like when I was writing music for the Chronicle, they always yeah. made sure that I was on the, that I was on the list if I wanted to be on the list. And yeah. I was like, oh, yeah. And yeah. They're really sweet. Like they're very, yeah. they're very down to earth um I mean especially considering all of the stuff that they've done for San Francisco and the music scene and all the bands that they've hosted over you know such a long yeah. time but they're just so kind so yeah I I love I, I'm very very happy that I'm I'm in I'm on their good side <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> nice thing so yeah yeah that's cool when when the I mean like you know as as I as I've read your some of your uh you know, back and forth with um, clientele at Vesuvio's. Yeah. I, I make it sound like it's a brothel when I say that. I know, right? right? My, my client. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. How do you, I mean, what do you do to cope with absolute idiocy? I like, I mean, I, I, it's cool that yeah. I, I see you put it on the page, but when you're in the middle of these yeah. situations, how um, do you do it? Well, for me, the thing that I find the most challenging is that I have like a rule, like I, um, I've been bartending for a long time. I've been bartending for 21 years. And I really do not enjoy the kind of like bitchy bartender or like salty bartender. Like I just am not, I'm like, you're in the hospitality industry. Like you, you don't need to be like a pretentious asshole because you yeah. are a bartender. Like I just have never really understood that. So I really do try to be as kind as I can at work. Um, yeah. However, I have no poker face, like at all. I've never, I'm a horrible liar. Like I, you can just tell what I think all the time. Like it's just the way I've always been. So um, it's not the easiest because it's mainly like, you know, there's one of them in the book that's like a woman, it says what's in a gin and tonic. And that was this woman and she came in and she was probably like, 25 like you know early 20s she was from Louisiana I checked her ID we kind of like chatted a little bit and then she asked she said like very seriously what's in a gin and tonic and I was like well um it's a highball glass and I like fully explained it because like and then it's so you put ice and then it's gin and then tonic water which is like soda water but like a little sweeter and I almost felt like I was being like degrading but I also uh-huh. didn't know I was like I don't really answer this but like yeah and then and like you know then you put a lime in it and then it's a good drink like you should try one and she's like oh yeah okay but like I have to say the mask helps that's one thing about COVID that I'm like the mask because you can't see anything so oh you I like said, the masks I mean, I, the, I like the mask yeah. in the sense of it covers right. the majority of my face. So right, right. That's the reference. Yeah. yeah. I'm just sort of like, uh, like you can't see any of it. So you can kind of like, you know. You can't I see feel, the disgust in your face. <laughs> you can't see the total horror of, you know, <laughs> what has happened to society. Um, yeah. I mean, but generally, you know, I feel like I, I, there's just so many questions that are so ridiculous and a lot of the time I honestly just kind of laugh and like I can't help it and I'm not and I but very much like you know kind spirit like I'm not trying to make fun of you I'm not trying to make you feel dumb because you don't know something um but saying you know can I return my Irish coffee I didn't know it had coffee in it like I'm gonna laugh because oh dear lord how could I not laugh at that like it's funny. It's funny anyone who re- anyone who returns a drink that's oh, not, gosh. I mean, I mean you, you know, there's like sometimes you can return a drink and be just like, you know, um, you know, where it's kind of legitimate. 
but like, there's I, a fly in this or like my glass is broken oh, or, right, you know, right. is this your pubic hair you know it's yeah. exact, but exactly which happens all the time obviously <laughs> <laughs> I mean that that's fair that's, I get that. Oh wait! No, no, that's. Oh wait! No, that was not. That was meant for someone. Yeah, else. That, that's our, that's Ursula's. She's the one yeah. that has a little more gray. That's yeah, so, yeah. yeah, yeah. Let's. That's one to know. That's a regular string. Yeah. <laughs> it's a special. That's a feature. You didn't know. It's I know. The pubic, God. It's the pubic special. I know, man, man, man. I did a thing here at the lab so they work at the Latin American Club too, and I did a thing here on one of my first shifts that I still laugh about. We have dog treats behind the bar and they like weren't marked. And I fully almost put a dog treat in someone's bloody mirror. <laughs> God, I like grabbed it and was like, oh, it's like beef jerky. Like, that's cute. They have beef jerky for bloody mirror. Yeah. That's so I'd be so happy if I got beef jerky in my bloody mirror. And luckily I like picked it up and smelled it and was like, this is. <laughs> and i bet you i bet you it wouldn't have been an issue and the person would have went can i get another one and can yeah. i get the extra bacon on is that? This it... no. <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> yeah fully fully almost did that though yeah wow but, yeah i didn't i didn't i smelled it I did the old sniff yeah. test thank god yeah. could have been real embarrassing you know what i was thinking about i was i went and saw i don't know i i just got I just watched the apartment for the first time in the last. Oh year, yeah, the Billy Wilder movie. Yeah, yeah. And how he's trying to kick how the how when Jack Lemon's getting drunk and meets meets that girl and they're dancing, how the bartender's trying to get rid of everybody after last call. Yeah. And I've been that guy that's there at last call where they're like, "All right, come on," and you know, like at the thirty three hundred club, last call meant yeah. back back way back when I lived there and we go there. Last call was everyone else out. We're shutting the doors and locking it and you can stay. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that, but man, that part of the job of getting people out of a bar yeah. is, a, is a thing every night. Well, the thing that I'm always so surprised by with it, honestly, is that you can, it's so odd that um and it doesn't happen all the time by any means but it definitely happens where you can sort of have customers that are like completely pleasant like the entire night and then you know you say like we're doing last call so you know get your last drinks and then about 20 minutes later 25 minutes later it's like okay now it's 2 a.m and like it's actually not legal for you to be in the bar anymore so you have to close and some people get like take it really personally almost like where they're like well what do you mean i have to leave and it's like well you have to like it's time it's 2 a.m and like it's like it's actually not legal for you well you're here and i said well i'm not drinking and i work here <laughs> and you're so a paid employee different. would you like a job because you could do yeah. the bathrooms yeah you're i gonna, mean sure gonna... <laughs> like i have i have like 25 trash cans to empty so if you want to do that for the next yeah. i mean if you want to hang out it's going to get really glamorous once right because right. i'm going to empty trash um i'm going to clean like a beer cooler. That's really, that's the really glamorous life where you like get in it basically. Um, but you know, yeah. So it's funny like that, that I don't know. It's like people take it sometimes as this like personal affront that you're asking them to leave. And it's like, I'm not asking you to leave because you're cut off or I'm not asking you to leave right. because you've done something wrong. I'm asking you to leave because it's two o'clock in the morning and we're closed now. So I don't know, but it's, it's, it's always a tough, like, I feel like I'm pretty good at, at reading people and kind of, um, maneuvering a lot of situations, but that one is the one where people can really do that flip where you're like, Oh, okay. Well, yeah. Like now you're mad. Okay. <clears throat> but it's literally like, you can get mad about it, but the end is the same. Like, it's, you know, you're leaving and, now. And don't yeah. get mad about it at you. Go, yeah. go, go yeah. outside and yeah. be yeah. and yell at the stars. Yeah, exactly. Or yeah, yeah. <laughs> Real little Romeo situation outside. Jag nabbit. Yeah. But yeah. And I mean, we, I remember there was one time um I, I worked with this guy for a long time. He doesn't work there anymore at studio anymore, but he's like this very sweet, like older gentleman. And he was a bartender with me and he had asked someone to leave and their um, wife was in the bathroom. And he said, okay, well, you have to wait outside because we have to clear the bar. We'll tell her you're outside. And he's like, I'm not leaving my wife in the bar. And we were like, 
well, you know, okay, like, all right, you can wait, but you know, as soon as she comes out, like, fine, that's odd, but sure, she's safe. She's right. safe. And it was just this like insinuation that we were trying to like keep his wife in the bar or something. It was very weird, like very odd. And we were all like, what are you like? What? And he's like, I'm not leaving my wife in a bar with this man. And I was like, no, 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 no. Like, that's not what anyone is saying. But it's that right. thing. Where it's like this very irrational, like, and they had been totally pleasant until then. And then he just got like really strange. But so. that, that that brings up that drinking does make people irrational. Yes, it definitely. <laughs> it makes them smarter um, and it makes them right all the time. Yeah, because <laughs> it, it, it's and, and you know, and I, I used to be like when I especially when I hung out at the Edinburgh Castle, because that, yeah. that was my local when I lived yeah. in Tenderloin. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <clears throat> and with um, uh, well, I lost my thought, but with like Alan Black working there mm-hmm. and, I, yeah. and I and his his philosophies of being a bartender and yeah. theorizing it are always just wonderful to hear. Oh, I love him. Yeah, he's great. But you're you're essentially you're kind of like a kid in a kindergartner teacher with a lot yeah. of music. Yeah, yeah. Basically, I mean, it is like I when I was in college, I had this period where um, as like part of my undergrad, I taught fifth grade and people were like, how is that like that you work in a bar and then you're like a fifth grade teacher? And I said, it's really like not that different. Honestly. Yeah. Like, it's really pretty similar. It's all just sort of a, a, like finding a creative way to get people to do what you want, sort of. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, it's just very like, hmm, you know, but it's really not, it's not all that different. So, and then there's all the people that pee their pants in the bar. Yeah. And that definitely happens. I mean, it's, it's more it than the fifth graders. <laughs> it, yeah. I would say that fifth graders probably have better like bowel control. I mean, to to their credit. Um, Yeah. I don't think they get it. They don't, you know, they're probably as mouthy, but like definitely not as creepy. So that's good. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. How do you deal? How do you deal with the creepers? Because when you're, I I mean, you know, in a bar and I, and I, I'm saying this because I remember myself in my twenties where my testosterone was just going. Yeah. 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 And then it's just like, let's go drink and make it worse yeah. and there's yeah, yeah. pretty girls and they must love me and yeah. um so how do you deal with this like unwanted attention that's probably coming at you a lot i generally um i think at work i have a very like i think i'm very friendly at work but i'm definitely um like I'm not very flirtatious at work or anything like that. Like even in my single days, I was never like interested in meeting someone while I was at work like that kind of, I just am not, I was never like, I was like, this is my job. Like I'm here to do my job. So, um, I kind of just really like shoot it down right away. (laughs) Like it's just, and I, and not even necessarily rudely, but like, like a simple no is like, you know, um, there's definitely, I've, I've had some, some very, very strange interactions and very strange comments from men and women. And it's just generally, I, I just tend to just be like, nope, and like walk away. And then yeah. usually that kind of settles it. But I've had, I mean, you know, you, you definitely being a woman working in a bar, I've definitely been like grabbed several times and things like that. And that's the kind of thing that um, I think you have the hardest time with just because I don't, you know, you can say I'm pretty shockproof and I'm pretty gross, honestly. So like you can say some pretty gross stuff to me and it doesn't really phase me very much. I'm kind of like, okay, yeah, that's cute. Um, but like, I don't get offended that easily, but the, when people grab you, I think that's kind of when things get a little, a little dicey. So that's usually the like, you know, get the person out, walk around the block, take a minute, have a shot, relax, <laughs> get on with your day kind of thing. But Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, that's a total violation. Um, Yeah. And it really is a thing that I think, you know, um, I, it's obviously not acceptable at all, like ever. Um, but I think there is sort of this strange, like blurred line in bars sometimes where people think that it's okay to kind of act a certain way. And I especially think that, I mean, I've seen it more in, San Francisco and especially North Beach because I think you know that's that neighborhood um there are a lot of like strip clubs and there's a lot of sex work and there's a lot of stuff like that and I think some people kind of think um that it you know it's all just a party and it's like no you can't 
like, first of all, you shouldn't be grabbing anyone. You shouldn't be grabbing anyone. It doesn't matter what their occupation is. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it gets a little dicey. I definitely, there was, um, a woman who, who I used to work with and she was like very flirtatious with the customers to the point that she no longer worked there anymore. Um, and I had to be the one to tell her that she wasn't working there anymore. And I, was so she had just done a lot of things that were um really questionable and i basically was like your behavior is basically validating all of these people who think it's okay to treat women in bars yeah sex objects and not only do you not work here anymore but you are no longer welcome here like we are all wow educated women we are all like some of us have children some of us you know yeah. like, you can't you can't do that and if anyone ever comes in this bar and acts like it's okay to behave the way that you were behaving with your customers, like that's on you. And we don't do that here. Like that's not okay. So, but luckily every bar that I've ever worked at, um, the owners are always very like, they trust the employees. I mean, with me, I manage the staff of the Suvio and I'm like, if you, like I've been working and people are like, this guy upstairs just grabbed me. Can I kick him out? And I'm like, yes, absolutely. Like no questions asked. Yes. And yeah. they want to talk to me and I'll say, look, I don't know what happened, but I know what she told me and she's my coworker and I don't know you. And yeah. she needs to be here because she's working and you don't. So you have to go, but yeah. it's like a real, no, no tolerance. So, and I think it's gotten better. I mean, I, I remember when I was younger. Do you, th- do you like, think it has like with, after the me too stuff came out that it got better? I do. I, yeah. and I think a lot of women, um, I think, you know, a lot, which I really respect, like, I mean, I'm almost 40, so I'm just sort of like, you know, I just, it's very no tolerance of anything. Um, But I think now a lot of the younger women I work with um, just really like, like, I remember when I first started working at bars, stuff like that would happen and women would get kind of like scared or kind of not know what to do. And, um, and now I see a lot of younger women that like, just do not tolerate things like that, which is great. So I think cool. it's, yeah. it's, you know, women don't really take any shit anymore. And I think that's great. I don't think they should. And I don't think they should have ever had to, but I think now, um, it's pretty universally like acknowledged across the board that that kind of stuff is not okay. And, you know, it's just, I mean, and it's just a shame that it had to come out in such a huge way of a me too movement. Yeah. Just yeah. be classy. Yeah. Just, don't, no, I don't know. Don't like do treat, these you have things. a mom or a sister. Like, I don't yeah. know treat women the way that you treat the women that you respect in your life. If you yeah. have, any, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, yeah, it's weird, but yeah. I'm, yeah, I mean, but it is, I think, you know, the silver lining of a lot of that stuff is, I do think that women are, um, as in, you know, in every industry, but definitely just speaking for my industry, I think women are a lot more vocal about, um, things that make them uncomfortable. And it's, and it's very like, yeah. And it doesn't, I mean, I don't even really care what it is. If something makes you uncomfortable, it makes you uncomfortable. And people need to adjust so <laughs> there's that but but there's also there's also an extreme i used to be like severely agoraphobic and you know oh, yeah. and, I, and i still deal with it but, yeah and so i'm uncomfortable a lot but that's not that's no that's on nobody but myself so yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't yeah. go i, don't I mean go. i'm not gonna be like i you know yeah <laughs> True. <laughs> Look, I'm having a really hard time. Yeah. Can I just have like I mean, the all guy these... with the flip flops and the socks personally made me really uncomfortable, but I wasn't gonna like send him home. <laughs> it wasn't my favorite thing to say. Right? Say. Yeah. That. Yeah. But you know, I just kept walking. It was fine. Right. You're, you know, you're, you're, I rose you're, above. Your your choice of backward baseball cap and flip flops yeah. in the restaurant is making me very uncomfortable. Yeah, your salmon polo isn't my favorite, but <laughs> I'll stay. You know, it's okay. funny because it's, I, and I felt that I don't, I don't know. Um, I mean, in San Francisco or in any city, there's, there's always, I like, I can never wear shorts. I can't wear shorts outside unless I'm going to the beach or I'm doing yeah. something. And there's yeah. just something about, I'm here to respect the city. I'm here, you yeah. know, and I, I could never even just wear like tennis shoes. I, I always kind of had to have a little bit of a dress here. Yeah. Too, a little flare. Yeah. Just I to mean, walk around. Yeah. And, and, and it's just, and that was like always in San Francisco. And then yeah. I, and then I came to LA and I started to understand, oh, you know what? Some people actually have to stand 14 hours a day on film yeah. sets. So, yeah, yeah. you know, I learned really fast that those dressy shoes are not great on yeah, our they're 10. Not the they're but, not. But I got in this car with this Uber driver and um, 
and this was like before covid and I, and, he, and he was and it was a latino dude and he's like sitting there and he's like and he saw this white dude with shorts on he's like oh mother. you know he's just like and i was like what dude and he's like oh nothing i'm like no no tell me he goes yeah, what he's like i can't believe these people wear pants they don't under they, that they wear shorts like that they don't understand that we're in a city that you're that you're that you should be wearing pants shorts are, and i like looked at him and i was like Oh, I am so on the same page yeah. with you. Yeah, I was just yeah. like I, it, on every level. It's just yeah. like there's <laughs> there's a world of the backward cap. It's okay to wear shoes, people, and it's just like uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But when you're walking in a city, just show the city some respect, you know. Well, I just, I mean, my my main like, and it doesn't. I don't even really feel like I notice. I'm always like, I don't know. Everyone like dresses weird to me, but um, my main one is the flip-flop I really have the issue with the flip-flop I Not do too because okay I don't like the onomatopoeia of it like the fact that it actually is like making a noise that flips and flops um the toe separation has always really bothered me but aside from all that it's basically like you're not wearing shoes and like you're walking around in San Francisco where we all know people like actively take a dump on the sidewalk like all the mm-hmm. time so it's like why are you not like it makes me think you don't care about yourself <laughs> you know what I mean yeah. like why aren't you being more protective of like your feet like it seems like it's it's not a wise move you could very easily step on any number of extremely yeah. hazardous things and really only the bottom of your foot is covered like what about the top? What about the sides? Exactly. It just it, it's uh it's a dangerous game. I don't play it. I don't even know. Yeah, I don't either. You know, and I and as as I get older, I care less and less about what other yeah. people are doing. Yeah, but I used to, I used to care so much more. I right? just be like, oh man, yeah. they're not showing respect. Rah, yeah, rah, rah, yeah. Rah, rah. And then I'm like, oh, I'll just do my thing. Just yeah, stop. stop. I mean, there's nothing you can do. You're it's a losing battle. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Cool. Who else can we dirt on? I know. God, let's talk. What, um, now I first met you because you were doing music. I first met you when you were in a band. What was that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it was David and Joanna. We did an interview for David and Joanna. Yeah. Yeah. That was a fun one. Um, yeah, me and David just got married. So Uh that's crazy. Um, and I actually had to give a speech at his wedding and oh, wow. I was like, oh God, like, what am I going to say? Cause I, I know his wife, um, but you know, it was, it's COVID. So I haven't really spent a ton of time with them like together. And, you know, David is like one of my closest friends. He's like my brother, but I didn't want to have the whole speech just be about David because, you know, he's getting married. Oh and, yeah. That's so, a, that's um, a lot of responsibility and yeah, pressure. So I'm yeah, really yeah. like, what am I going to do? And I ended up, um, he basically married this woman who he's had a crush on for like 10 years and has really, yeah. Wait, 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 let's, let's go back. Cause yes. and, and, so he had, he had a crush on her and then she didn't, she didn't, um, she didn't respond to his uh, advances think, or did he keep it inside? I think he kept it inside. I don't think he told her. Huh. I don't think, and I think they had both, you know, it was like a very much like he had had a crush on her from like afar. Uh-huh. And I think they had both been in relationship, you know, just, he just always. Oh, right. Like, the timing, the timing yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, and so, but uh, when I was trying to think of the speech, I was like, oh my God, I have like all of these texts from him over the last like decade about Katie Connery, who's his now wife. So uh-huh. I basically went through, I went to Sodini's. So I was like, well, I need a glass of wine for this. So I like went and like sat there with a glass of wine and like, of course, pasta, because obviously, and went through my entire phone, like 10 years of texts and like transcribed like all of these texts that were about her. And then I read all of them and basically was just like, sorry, like, I know you thought that these were, you know, these that's, were between us, but they're not. So it was actually pretty funny. But that's was, actually a very solid win. Yeah, it worked that. out. It works yeah. out in my favor. It was a funny one. But um, but yeah, so we he just got married. Um, we haven't played music for a while, mainly just like you know, as everything like COVID. Um, but we talk about it all the time. We're still still, you know, still into it. So that's great. I am going to very quickly grab my 
computer cord and plug it in so I don't die over here. Yeah. Well, I'm that's, really good with computers, well, obviously, as you as yeah. you can tell. I'm a real well, we got to sing the computer cord song, which goes like it's gonna be time to put the computer cord in. Yeah. Joanna's putting the computer cord in at the Latin American right. club. Sure. <laughs> Charging. Yeah. <Charging. laughs> and I was like, oh perfect. There's a cord right here. Um and- and the, and the and the um and since I just realized you're at you're because I'm talking to you while you're at the Latin American yeah. Club, right? Yeah, yeah. The, the, it's the clientele of Latin American Club versus of Asuvios is so different. Yeah, it's very different. Um, I feel like so when you work at the Latin American Club, you also work at the makeout room. Um, we just kind of all it's owned by the mm. same person, so you just sort of like, wait. Is it is it is it the uh, is it the girl that also uh, has that coffee shop on Twenty Fourth called Sugar Lump? Is, am I saying that right? No, it's a guy named Marty who owns both of them. Or I'm Marty. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> no, Marty. there was no. Yeah. Or she must have been a bartender from years ago when I lived yeah. near Twenty Fourth. Who worked? Yeah. yeah. Who worked okay. here? Yeah. But so the the Latin to me is a lot more like locals, um, mm-hmm. and the makeout tends to be kind of like a younger. It's more of a club, so it's like a younger right. crowd. Um, and then Vesuvio is just. I mean, Vesuvio is like the craziest bar that I've worked in in its level of just like so many different kinds of people like you get everyone and um and you know you get most bars you get a pretty eclectic mix but not like there um so here is you know it's pretty um everyone who comes here is like very, like mission people all live in the neighborhood all very nice right. you know you don't get a lot of tourists here or anything like that and then Vesuvio is like you know, I would say 40% tourists, maybe like 30% tourists. So that, um, like, I never have to tell people where to go eat when I'm here, but at Vesuvio, I'm like a tour guide sort of. Oh, which interesting. Don't mind. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like I kind of have to like, you know, I, there's, there's a lot more questions at Vesuvio and a lot more like customer interaction, I would say. Like I definitely talk to people here, no question. And like people come in alone and we talk and, you know, obviously, but at Vesuvio, it's like, I feel like I have become very accustomed to the art of balancing like 12 different conversations at once. Like these people are talking about this. These people are this, like these guys are from Minnesota. These guys are in the Navy. Like these guys are in a band and they're playing at Fillmore. Like, you know, it's just very like, but you kind of, figure it out it's easy at the bar because you can kind of see everyone so <laughs> but when uh, you're- but the, also the thing about Vesuvio is you do have a local clientele it's also yeah. a very local bar yeah 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 I mean we definitely have like a lot of regulars and a lot of I would say like you know a lot of the time with that bar the regulars really like they all sit at the bar like they never mm-hmm. sit they never get table service um so a lot of the time it actually is kind of funny that like you know, a, a couple will come in and they'll very clearly, like they've read about Vesuvio. They want to, you know, they know the history, whatever. And they want to sit at the bar and there's not any bar stools because all the regulars are there. And like, it's gotten to the point where like a couple of my regulars where I've been like, well, you're going to like give other people a turn. <laughs> like, oh, you know? yeah. like people want to sit at the bar and they're like, well, what do I have to do? And it's like, can you just let them have like one drink? And then I'll just like put you back. It'll be fine, but they're our regulars are really nice. They're very good about it. So, and as we get toward the end of this, I, yeah, what the for people who don't know what Vesuvio is, mm-hmm. since you're the our big insider, yeah, what, what the hell have we been talking about for the so, last? Yeah, I mean, so Vesuvio is a bar in North Beach um, that was opened in 1948 by a guy named Henri Lenoir, and he uh, was now Jack Kerouac is drinking there, right? He used to get very drunk in there. Um, yeah. And a lot of those guys did. Basically, I think it was 1952, um, Ferlinghetti opened City Lights Bookstore, which is across a little alley. So it's basically the bar is here and the bookstore is here, which is great um, on on many, many levels. But because, so, yeah, it makes I'm sorry, I keep interrupting yeah, you because no, no, I'm so fine. excited. Yeah, but, it's, but it's that's why Vesuvio is a literary bar. It's like yeah, it's because exactly. it's across. It's like it's not even across the street from. Um, yeah, it's, it's, an, it's a across alley. Jack Kerouac yeah. alley. That's yeah. it's yeah. it's like on top of it's almost like having a bar at Shakespeare and Company in Paris. Yeah. And it really were. I mean, it just was one of those things that you think about. And it's like it was so 
lucky for everyone involved, you know, like that, um, this guy opened the bar in 48 and then Ferlinghetti opened his like tiny bookstore in 52, 51 or 52. And then all of his friends used to go see him at the bookstore. And then the bar was right there and the bar opened at 6am. So they would just go. It was literally open. It's closer four hours a day. So they would go um, and just get very drunk in there um, as most people did. And the whole thing, like, so Henri Lenoir opened it. He, um, had owned like cafes and clubs and stuff like that. And then he opened that bar because he wanted it to be a place for like artists and like weirdos to hang out. And it has kind of maintained that like throughout the years. I mean, everyone, like everyone who works there is very, um, you know, like that's their job, that's their primary occupation. But they, you know, we've, we've worked with people that are theater directors and college professors and therapists. And like, it's just all of these very eclectic, interesting people. Um, and with the bookstore right there too, it's great because, you know, like, like not that long ago, John Doe was doing a book signing and then had a party at Vesuvio after. And I got to like hang out with John Doe and he signed my book and was like, Hey, Joanna, how's it? like, you know, he's like a regular, like Tom Waits is a regular, like because uh-huh. of city lights. So uh-huh. and John Waters, like, you know, just all these great people who I think, and I think it works both ways. Like a lot of people, um, and we say to people all the time, like people will come in and they're like, Oh, like, what is this bar? I've never been here. And we're always like, just like go grab a book at city lights and go get a beer and sit upstairs. Yep. And like people do it and they love it and they have a great time and it, it works out. And, you know, we love, yeah. I mean, we love city lights. we like, they're everyone who works there is great. So yeah. and they all come over after work. We're like, you're off at eight, right? So you at eight, like all yep. synchronized <laughs> smoke breaks in between, you know, the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. So, oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And your and I saw that you posted that your book was on display at yes Sea-Lights. in the window. It's next to a Richard Brodigan book, which I was like, oh my, what an honor! <laughs> so, yeah, wow. how did that how did that feel when you saw it? Was that? crazy. So I didn't know that it was going to happen. Um, yeah. and they had redone the window display. They had a window display um up for I believe it was a thing for Jack Hirschman who passed away. He was a poet laureate and was. A North Beach guy, like a regular yeah. um, at both bars, at Specs as well, across the street and Vesuvio. Um, and they replaced it with like local San Francisco writing. And I'm sure just one of my friends, probably my friend Caitlin, just put it in there to like be nice to me. <laughs> but I was at work and someone came in and said, uh, I don't even remember who, but someone came in and was like, Did you see that your book's in the window? And I thought, like, oh, cool. Maybe they put it on like the display because they have all the window, like the whole thing is, is books. Um, so I went to look in the window and I didn't see it. And they're like, no, it's in like the actual case, like the, like where you want your book to be basically Yeah. And it was in there. And I was like, oh my God, like, it's just so cool. So, and it's been great. Um, they carried it. Like they wanted to carry it. I've sold out at city lights, I think four or five times in the last month. Like everyone works there because you can't keep the book on the shelf and it's really cute to like, you know, you write a book and you think like, yeah, my friends are going to buy it. Like Mm -hmm. my parents are going to buy it for like their friends and, you know, stuff like that. But then when people actually like buy it, who you don't know, I'm still baffled by it. That like people are like, oh, and they'll come in, they'll get it. And then they'll come in because everyone who works there is like, oh, it's Tuesday. So Joanna's at the bar. If you want her to sign your book. Um, Oh, how fantastic is that? Yeah. So like the other day, maybe it was a couple of weeks ago, this guy came in and he had bought the book and he, um, the studio was his mom's favorite bar and she had broken her hip and he was going to visit her for Christmas. And he's like, could you just sign something like feel better or whatever? And like, it was just so sweet, like so nice. And I just, you know, broke this whole thing of like, you know, I hope you feel better. And like, we'll see you soon. And then he sent me a picture of her, like in her little wheelchair with the book, like all happy on Instagram. And I was like, Oh my God. It like totally like made my holiday season. I was like, oh my God, that's so awesome. So, and just stuff like that. It's, it's really felt like, um, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, can I get the book on Amazon? And I'm like, no, just like go to a bookstore, like get it. Yeah. Like Fleetwood has it. I'm like, get it from like local bookstores, you know, like you don't need to like, I don't know. It just, I, I like that. It's, it's still, you know, Jack, um, Jackie Kuby and Jack the Hat and I published it together. And then it's just sort of been like a really nice, like, 
communal thing and it's been great we had a book release party at the makeout room and that was crazy and a bunch of bands right i know i wanted to come up there for that i've been so back and forth on when i'm gonna travel yeah yeah yeah. i mean it's always you know it's so hard and and with covid too it's like you know it's so hard to know what to do at all ever at this point so um yeah and that was lucky we did it on december 12th and it was really like right before um everyone started getting sick. So the timing was good. No one got to get the, the book release. Thank God. It would have felt like so horrible. But, uh, I, you know, I can't believe I forgot this, but when Confessions of a Teenage Jesus Church yeah. came out, the the first reading I did was at City Lights and we packed oh, up yeah. that hole upstairs. Yeah, and yeah. then afterwards, the after party was at Vesuvio. Yeah. I, I, oh, complete, yeah. I, I don't know if you remember it. But yeah, it's, no, I totally remember. It's I remember. A, bl- a lot of it's a blank spot. <laughs> I know, right? I, I know. Well, especially when you're the, per- you know, when that, when you're the person who has the book coming out and all, yeah. all and there's just, there's so much going on. Like yeah. even, when, even when the film came out and we, and it was so lovely that it streamed at the uh, SF Indie Fest and the Roxy yeah. and people were like, oh yeah, I was there. And I'm like, you have to understand how much immense, oh, not only immense pressure, but immense gratitude. And just, yeah. it's, it's just raining emotions. And yeah. all I'm trying to do is stay composed. So yeah. I don't remember I mean, I, most of everyone. Yeah. I really like, I got up and did. So, um, uh, my friend Anna Hilberg played, who is a fantastic musician. Um, so she opened the show and then this band Almond Joy played and then a band called Thunder Boys played um, and they're all like friends of mine. So it was super, I just like wanted it to be like a friend party, you know, um, but in between I did readings and I was, you know, kind of nervous, but it was fine. Like I did them and it was funny and, you know, people laughed and stuff like that. But when I was um, finished doing the reading, I started to like, thank everyone for coming. And I actually kind of had to like, stop talking because I got a little bit, and I'm like, not a big like crier at all. And I'm not a very, you know, but I just got a little like, oh, and I was just like, thank you much. (laughs) I ran out like, you know, because it's, it's big. Yeah. It's really yeah, big. It's so nice. And like, you know, it's so nice to have people. I mean, we did it. It was raining here. I was like, no one's going to come. It's going to be horrible. Like it's pouring out. And like so many people showed up. It was just like, everyone had a really nice time. Like I got messages all week that was like, it felt like old San Francisco again. And like, it was just such a nice event. And it was so, it was so nice that, you know, um, I just think anything, you know, when, when any of us do something creative and then people show up and support it I just think it's so sweet and I love that that's still a big part of San Francisco and people still like you know like you show up your friends do stuff and you show up for it and like we all do it and you know unless I have COVID I'll be there so (laughs) (laughs) congratulations yeah thank you and thanks for coming on the show too yeah yeah thanks for having me of course it's great to see you Joanna Leochi on Drinks with Tony. Check out her new book, At Vesuvio. Next week on the show, we have Maggie Rowe. She'll be discussing her new book, Easy Street, A Story of Redemption from Myself. And it's a new year, so so commit to reading books. Commit to writing your book. You can even take a coaching workshop class with me. Information at TonyDuchesne.com. Have a great weekend.
shipwreck train. Give my umbrella to the red dogs. For I am a red dog too. Oh, oh, well, dance with the rose of trolley. FM, KPCRLP, Santa Cruz.